Chapter 16 of Eddie of Jackson's Gang by Brother Ernest Ryan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter 16 On Opposite Shores. Just about the time that Madame Martier was arriving in New York, Margaret and Eddie were debarking at a French pier. Our two friends were happy that the sea trip was over. They at once took the train to Paris, where they were met by Madame Fouard's car, and taken to her home. From Margaret's description, Eddie had known he would find it a wonderful place, but the sight which met his eyes was far beyond his expectations. He had often thought that there was no prettier spot than Mount St. Joseph, with its lovely lawn and its fountain. But here fountains played in every direction, and the smooth velvet of the grass stretched out for acres. "'Well, Margaret,' her distinguished friend greeted her. You look very well. I'm very glad indeed to have you here. And this is little Eddie, whom you wrote to me about. What a sweet child he is. You are both welcome. We are in splendid health, Therese. Yes, this is my little Eddie. I am his second mother, you know. I have heard much about you, Eddie, his hostess told him. Great things are expected of you, my child. Thank you, madam. He replied with his own simplicity, This is the most wonderful place you have. I have never seen anything like it before. Ah, Eddie knows the way to my heart, said Madame Fouard. He praises my home. Thank you, child. I love the old-fashioned place. Within its walls are enclosed all that I hold most precious in this life. My dear parents lived here, and here I was born and reared. I would not care to part with it. Eddie was greatly interested in his new surroundings. There were so many things for him to see, and everyone seemed to be at his service. As soon as the first excitement of greetings was over, a tall, well-built man in livery, much like the one who had driven the automobile, came forward at Madame Fouard's nod, and guided Eddie and Margaret to their rooms. "'We must clean up, Eddie, for we are dirty after that ride. Go to your room now and wash, and I'll come to you in a few minutes.' "'Shall I help the boy, madam?' asked the attendant." "'If you would be so kind,' replied Margaret gratefully. Eddie was soon in the care of one to whom he later became very attached. Within a short time our hero, washed, properly combed, and cleanly attired, made his appearance in the drawing-room, where Margaret joined him a few minutes later. "'I want to have another nice talk with you, Pierre,' said Eddie, as the servant was leaving him. The man bowed a friendly approval. "'You'll find me always at your service, my little man. Call me at any time.' But while luxury and care surrounded Eddie in France, in America the situation of the poor, broken-hearted mother was different. She was alone. Her home of the moment was not a spacious palace, but a simple hotel room, plainly furnished and with few comforts. As soon as she had rested a little, she called out a detective agency and explained her case. She had as yet very little realization of what a great, thickly populated place the United States was. The agency advised her that her best chance of finding her son was to advertise in the newspapers of the larger cities, giving his description and baby photograph, and the name of his custodian. This Madame Martier did, but there were no hopeful results. After spending a week in New York, she informed the chief of the detective bureau that she was going on to Chicago, and would send him her address as soon as she had settled down again. Fervently she prayed the sorrowful mother of Jesus to have compassion on her, and bring her son to her arms once more. Surely the blessed mother heard that prayer, for the bereaved mother was each day a little nearer to finding her treasure. 
but as yet she had no sign that her prayer was being answered. Instead, it seemed that the farther she went from home, the farther was that for which she longed. And one night, exhausted from disappointed hope, she sat in her own room, sobbing as if her heart were broken. But it is the darkest hour that precedes the dawn. On the same day that Madame Martier reached Chicago, Eddie and Margaret arrived at Lourdes. They were taking a few days off to give themselves up to their pilgrimage in the proper spirit. Long did Eddie stand in contemplation of Our Lady's famous shrine. He was old enough to appreciate what it meant. Margaret had explained to him the history of the place, how our Blessed Mother had appeared there several times to the little peasant maiden, Bernadette Subaru, and told her to direct the local priest to have a church erected on the spot in her honor. Margaret also described to Eddie how many miracles had been performed there in favor of the physically and spiritually sick, thronging to the spot in hopes of the Immaculate Mother's intercession. "'We'll offer up our prayers in Holy Communion for my mother, won't we, Margaret?' asked Eddie eagerly. "'I am sure she needs our prayers. And, oh, yes, we must include your dear mother also. We can't forget her.' "'It is very kind of you to remember her, Eddie.' Jack would be very pleased to know that you pray for Mama here at Our Lady's Shrine. Yes, and I must pray for Mother Rose and the other sisters. And when we go to the grotto, I must get a little bottle of water for Mother Rose. You know I promised her I'd do that when we visited her. That's right. I'm glad you remembered. It would be ungrateful on our part to forget her. So Eddie and Margaret spent several days at Lourdes. The great church erected on the hillside absorbed their attention but what they enjoyed most of all was to kneel before the grotto where Our Lady had stood. They could see the discarded crutches, canes, and chairs, and the many other things which were eloquent witnesses of our Blessed Mother's power with God. On their last afternoon, the two were present at the great square in front of the church for the procession of the Blessed Sacrament, for they knew that it is at that particular time that most of the miracles happen. The theme of all Eddie's prayers was the wish for restoration to his mother, this was the miracle that he implored our Blessed Lady to work for him. When he left for Paris that night, he felt sure that in her own time and her own way she would obtain his request. The following night, Eddie, at a party given in honor of Margaret, sang for his hostess and a crowd of her intimate friends. Madame Fouard herself accompanied the singer at the piano. "'What a wonderful voice!' she exclaimed to Margaret, "'and what a lovable child!' You are lucky indeed to have him for your own. One after another, the guests went forward to speak to the singer. Eddie bowed gracefully to his admirers and thanked them in his usual unassuming way for their praise. Before the evening was over, he and Margaret received several invitations from friends of Madame Fouard to attend parties and musicals. Margaret gratefully accepted the honors, and soon the reputation she needed to gain access to the best professional musical circles in France was firmly established. One evening after a performance, Margaret received a letter from Jack. Dear Sister and Eddie, you cannot imagine how I miss you, but the loneliness is welcome if it means your success. According to the papers, the Jackson case is now settled. Father Ryan has often inquired about Eddie and hopes that he will sing again for him at the church. I am giving the movie contract very serious consideration. I am inclined to think it might be a very good thing for Eddie. He certainly has a fine voice, and I feel that he would make a great showing on the screen. I will, however, not do anything about the matter until you return. 
we will want to talk the thing over from every angle. Now do not be in a hurry. Make a good trip of it and enjoy yourselves. I am waiting patiently for you both, and will be at the train when you arrive. Your affectionate, Jack. Jack did not know that there was one even nearer to Eddie, who at that very moment was longing even more ardently than he for the return of the boy, that the child's own mother was not far away, pining for him. Jack had never dreamed that Eddie's mother was living, but something was to happen soon that would put him in a state of great anxiety and pain, though only for a time. End of chapter 16 Recording by Maria Therese